Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Well, hello there. So good to speak to you again. Father, how are you? I'm doing swell, my friend. I'd like to welcome you, Father to the Book of Fire podcast. I feel welcomed. Yeah. I feel received. I feel seen and known and loved. Yeah. And it's good to be here with you. I just, I realized that I've never actually welcomed you to the Become Fire podcast. You're always welcoming the people listening. Yeah, yeah. So I figured that today- That's okay. I should welcome you. I, well, I receive it and I feel welcomed and I hope you also welcome our listeners as well. Yeah. So they might feel what I'm feeling right now. What do you think that they're feeling? <laughs> I hope they're feeling what I'm feeling. Hopefully they're not feeling awkward, but hopefully they're feeling welcomed and and loved and known and received. Okay. Even though we don't know them. But if we did, we would receive them and love them. Yes. I mean, because I kind of went out on a limb there. Yeah. So I was like, whoa, this feels a little bit shaky. No? The the, the branch is strong beneath your feet, my friend. Thank you. Wow. It it, it can hold the two of us. That's great. Maybe we should do this podcast in a treehouse. I'm up for it. Okay. We'll talk to our guy. Yeah. All right. It's a little hot out there right now. It's really hot. But if you wanted to do that, I would do it for you. Or we could do a podcast on how to survive in a treehouse when it's really, really hot out. You know, if we want to cater this to nine-year-old, nine-year-olds, then, <laughs> then that was probably the direction we should go. Oh, man. Well, probably not. <laughs> but I am Brother Elijah Duello, and I am your host. And we are not in a treehouse. We are not in a treehouse. No. We're in our office. But you are welcome. You are welcome. Amen. Amen, amen. So we're going to continue where we left off, Father. I love it. So we, we began last week speaking about the, the most precious blood of Jesus. Amen. And that devotion. Um, if you haven't listened to that podcast, you should, because there's some uh, really good history and a little bit, uh, we started with some scripture. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll pick up with a little bit more scripture today, and then mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit about, too, just um, the devotional life uh, of the of of the Catholic Church and the Catholics and how it all works. The Catholic Church and the Catholics. Yeah. Like they're two different things. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's Catholics in the Catholic Church. Yes, that is true. That is true. <laughs> the Catholics are the Catholic Church in some respect. And, yes. In the most important respect. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That would be a good podcast. Yeah, it would be. Mm. We are the church. You could write that down. <clears throat> well, um, so it is the month of July, and again, the month of July is is devoted to the the, the precious, precious blood, blood, the precious blood of our Lord, and so um, not devoted to hamburgers and hot dogs and fireworks. That's really important. Really important because it can be confusing. It can be, and it can make you lose sleep, and it can make you lose sight of what's really important. Not that fireworks and hamburgers and hot dogs are important; they're they're no, good things, no, they're but good. they're really good. Yeah, especially French fries. Especially French fries, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but back to the precious blood of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> because that's much more important than much French more fries. Important. Even though French fries are really good. <clears throat> but um, I was reflecting a little bit more on, um, so, you know, we, we were speaking about how Scripture talks about um, how the blood, you know, especially in a sacrifice, that the blood is the life. Mm-hmm. It's the life source. And so when we talk about our Lord and his precious blood, you know, there's the sense that the blood, it's it's the life of our Lord. It's the life of our Lord poured out. 
um, his sacred humanity. Um, but that also because he is a true God and true man, that his divinity, his divinity shines through mm-hmm. through his humanity as well. And so when we receive as Catholics the most precious blood of Jesus, especially at the Mass, yeah. and we'll talk about that a little bit, we are receiving divine life. Yes. You're receiving the divine life of Jesus. Um, but also that the character of the sacrifice of Christ is different. Um, and it's different for many different reasons, but... Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the precious blood and, and our Lord's priesthood mm. because I think I think it's really important for us to know who it is that is our head, yeah. right? Um, and I have a scripture here. I don't know Not if you something to... we typically meditate upon is, is Christ as priest. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, you could probably do that as a, as a whole separate podcast. but For sure. I think that because, you know, Jesus... In his sacrifice, he's not just sacrifice, but he's also the priest offering the sacrifice, yes. which is totally unique. Yes. It's not something that, you know, if a, if a Old Testament high priest would have offered himself as a sacrifice, you know, it's... <laughs> the it wouldn't Lord, have worked. It wouldn't have done all. anything. Yeah. That's right. And it would have been <clears throat> just, uh, would have been a bad idea. Yes. And it, it potentially prideful, depending on what yeah. he was thinking. Yeah. But we know that only Jesus and only his blood could, could atone for our sin. Um but there's this verse that I love. Uh, again, Hebrews is really rich in this type yes. of yeah. topic, uh, especially anything liturgical. Or, but um, there's a verse that I love in Hebrews chapter 12, um, starting in verse 18. Um, and it's it's speaking about, um, you know, in the beginning of the chapter, how Jesus is our example, that, that um, we are to look to him and... Um, and then it goes on to speak about some of the Old Testament uh, figures. And then in verse 18, it says, For you have not come to what may be touched a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers entreat that no further message be spoken to them. So speaking about the, the experience of the Old Testament people at Sinai. Yes when they saw the fire on top of the mountain and they heard the Lord's voice and it scared them and they said to Moses, okay, don't let God speak to us directly, but you go speak to us. Yes. Um, but then it continues here in Hebrews 12, uh, uh, verse 20. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to a judge who is God of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks more graciously than the blood of Abel. And I love that last verse because you think about that story with Cain and Abel, right? It's, it's, you have this drama in Genesis of, you know, the, the first sin between Adam and Eve. And then you just see how from there, because of that first sin, uh, because, you know, man no longer has divine life within him, because man is cut off from his creator and the way that he was supposed to and uh, meant to be with him, that it just kind of spirals out of control. And then you have Cain and Abel and Cain who kills his brother yep. Abel out of envy and yep. jealousy and so, and then the Lord says to Cain that, you know, the blood of your brother is crying out to me from yeah. the ground, yeah. crying out for vengeance, right. for justice. Yeah. 
And then you have, you know, probably St. Paul, the, the author of Hebrews, saying that the blood of Jesus speaks more graciously. Mm-hmm. And then you think about Jesus on the cross and not saying of his persecutors, of, of the ones who are taking his life, yeah. you know, Father, wreak havoc on them. Father, right. you know, pour out plagues or whatever yes. it might be, but Father, forgive them mm-hmm. for they know not what they do. Yeah. Um, and it just, it, like the, the, the imagery there is just so beautiful. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I think that this speaks to his priesthood mm-hmm. because he's there upon the cross. And what is a priest meant to do but offer offer um, prayers on behalf of the people? Mm-hmm. But again, he's offering these prayers not only as priest but as victim yeah. and that it's his blood that's being poured out. I want to just stick with the passage and, and um, just tease out another, something else that's happening here yeah. before I, I get to the priesthood part, but... But St. Paul's talking about, you know, you have, you've been called to Mount Zion, uh, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to the company of thousands of angels, and to the church of the firstborn. Um, and, and who's that? Hmm. But that's Christ. That's Jesus. Um, that he is the firstborn son. Um, and so he is our older brother in the faith, hmm. uh, as St. Paul talks about. Um, and... And then he's playing with this Cain and Abel imagery where one brother killed another. Um, mm. And and who killed who killed who on the cross? But but we killed our brother, uh, the Lord, uh, on the cross. Um, and, and and so, you know, there is this the just the the horror of that, you know, uh, and so that that just to, to just to remember that 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 Christ is our older brother in this. Um and that we have put him to death through our, our sins, and that Abel's blood was crying out for vengeance, mm-hmm. um, and that, but then Christ's blood um, cries out for mercy yeah. upon the brothers and sisters who have put him to death, and, and how he shed his blood on the cross. Um, so I just find that it's just so. Um, it just makes it way more personal yeah, uh, to, yeah. to enter into it that way. It's not an abstraction. Um, the, the Cain and Abel story is our story, but instead of Cain and Abel, it's us and Jesus. Yeah. And, and his blood <clears throat> forgives us. Um, and that and that Jesus is the mediator of a new covenant, of a new testament. And and so he is then the, the priest of this covenant who 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 as we know that 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 we didn't take his life from him. Um but rather he laid down his life. He says, no one takes my life from me. Um, that, that he laid down his life for us um, as a priest. He made this offering of himself and, and then shed his own blood. He was the priest and he was the lamb as well. Hmm. Um, and through the shedding of his blood, there was the forgiveness of our sins. Because uh, this blood does not recover vengeance, but, but this blood cries out for forgiveness and mercy. Hmm. And that's what this new covenant is all about is is the love and the mercy and the forgiveness of, of our God. Yeah. And so the blood of Jesus and, and the type of priest that, that the Lord is, is, is he's one who, who is eager to bestow mercy mm. upon us. Yes. Um, I love that. I love that, that image of Jesus as our older brother. And, you know, I, I always think about this, um, this kind of paradox where it's like the sin that we commit is the very thing that saves us. Mm-hmm. You know, the blood that we spill is the very thing that saves us. Yeah. Um, and then even, you know, when you're talking about the covenant, that it's the blood that ratifies, it's the blood that solidifies the mm-hmm. covenant. 
And so the promises that flow forth from the, the covenant and the covenant being that, you know, it's an, an extension uh, of kinship by oath or, or a way right. to bring one into relationship yeah. with with yourself or whatever, two parties into relationship, <clears throat> but it's solemn. And so it's the blood of Jesus that brings us into this relationship with God because it washes us and cleanses us, but it also acts as that that life yeah. within us, that divine life, which, you yeah. know, as Paul says, you know, in Romans and Galatians, that the spirit comes within us and cries out, Abba, Father. Yeah. It makes us the the other children of God, yeah. right? That the firstborn, but then it makes us the, the children of God. So this is so beautiful. Yeah, and it's just to think about, like, we want uh, modern science, like, is able to tell us who belongs to who through mm. like DNA through yeah. blood, you know, and 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 so now that we have the blood of Jesus coursing through our souls, coursing through our veins, covering us, um, and it tells us that that we're part of this family now, mm. we're part of God's family now, yeah. um, that we have a father, we have an older brother, because we have this this life blood flowing through us, we have. We have God's own life coursing through us. And and so it tells us what family we're a part of. Hmm. And, you know, I often think about maybe sometimes um, to no avail, but <laughs> <laughs> I often think about like... Dead-end meditations? <laughs> yeah, the way things happen in like the spiritual world, you know, like why is it... Yeah that the blood of Jesus is so powerful, you know, like when you pray and when you plead the blood of Jesus, you know, I I said this in the last podcast, you know, I'll often begin my prayer. Um, Well, usually I'll ask our lady to cover me in her mantle, I'll ask St. Joseph to cover me in his cloak, but I'll also plead the blood of Jesus over my time of prayer, over the Mm -hmm. the room I'm in, because just because you're praying doesn't mean the enemy's sitting there twiddling his thumbs, right? But for protection. But when you think about it, you know, in the way we're talking about it, that, what that would kind of look like, you know, like if you could kind of put it in that way, but for the enemy to see somebody covered in the blood of Jesus and to be like, okay, well, what that means is that this person belongs to God. And so if I'm going to go do something to this person, well, then I have to, I have to take it up with the Lord, you know? (laughs) And obviously that doesn't mean that the Lord won't allow certain things or whatever it may be, but um, that once you are purchase with the blood of Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. we read that scripture last time from Saint, uh, from the, the first letter of Peter that we are purchased with the precious blood of Christ. And once that happens, we belong to God. Mm-hmm. And that's even that, you know, uh, in our baptism, that indelible mark or character that we receive that we can't see with our human eyes, but on our souls, there's this mark mm-hmm. that we belong to God and that the blood of Jesus makes us his. Mm-hmm. That's what it's, it's, this devotion is just so, so powerful. The the blood, as we've been kind of talking about, is a symbol hmm. um, of, of 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 the life, and and it's um, and and we recognize this that like when someone um, sheds their blood, you know that that like they've made this great sacrifice. It it, it speaks to us of like um, I, I'm thinking of of Lincoln's of President Lincoln's words at, at Gettysburg that hmm. how these men. Um, gave the last full measure of devotion, mm. meaning that they shed their blood um, in this war. And 
And so we know that we we instinctively we intuitively know that 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 blood means life, mm. um, and then to shed your blood for someone means to just to, to to give all of your life and all of your all of your love for that thing, and so I think like part of the reason why the blood protects us um, is because it's a symbol, but it's not just a symbol; it's also the reality of God's love for us. Mm. It's that physical, tangible thing that he has given us to say, like, this is how much I love you. This is my love for you. Um, And so we are then just covered in his love, Mm. just covered in his mercy. Um, And and what can the devil do to someone who is just covered in the love and the mercy of God? Mm. Nothing. Um, no shame can touch them. No, nothing can touch them if they're just covered in, in love and mercy, which is symbolized for us, but also is is rea- in reality uh, the love of Jesus for us, the love of God for us. That 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 God is love. It's not just a nice poetic thing Saint John told us, but it is the most fundamentally true thing of the universe. Mm. Um, and so. When you are then covered in God's life, covered in God's blood, then you are just covered in His love. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And I, uh, you know, I was thinking about to the um, the divine mercy image. Mm. Yes. And uh, when our Lord, I think it's when our Lord is explaining the image to Saint Faustina, but He says that the blood and the water. He says, you know, the the blood symbolizes life Mm -hmm. and the water righteousness. Mm. So even there it's, you know, he's communicating to us that this is your life, your righteousness. And then says something even like that, those who, you know, venerate that image, that the blood and water will cover you and protect you from the father's, you know, just justice, that he will, he will be a shield to you in that way. And and then that pulls us right back into, um, of, 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 of what St. Paul tells us in Hebrews, that that there is a voice crying out for justice, mm. um, and that should be satisfied. Yeah. Um, but when you are then covered in the blood of Jesus, that voice cries out for mercy to Amen. the Father. Yeah. Um, and so that those who, like Faustina is saying, who, who, who are devoted to and trust in and, and pray this... Um, there's a voice crying out to the Father, mercy, 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 mm. mercy. Um, and so just that 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 word that St. Paul gives us in Hebrews is, is so powerful. Mm. Yes. And we see that being played out in the divine mercy devotion. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I want to go in a direction, but I want to make sure I'm not leaving anything behind. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's just so much good stuff here. Yeah. But um you know, even the imagery of the blood and the water, maybe if we can just go to the liturgy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because in the liturgy, you know, when the priest is preparing um, is preparing the chalice, you know, we have the water and we have the wine. Mm-hmm. And so maybe the symbolism there or even like the prayer that, that the priest yeah. would say. and Yeah. That's so funny because I have that prayer memorized. But now that, that, but that memory you. is so attached yeah, to, the to, to, to the moment and the movements <laughs> yeah. to try to access it like just out of that context. Um, by the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ who help himself to share in our humanity. Mm. So by the mystery of this water and wine, 
that we come to share in the humanity of Christ, who humbled himself to share, or we come to share in the divinity of Christ, mm. who humbled himself to share in our humanity. So, so the wine represents the divinity of Christ, mm. um, and the priest pours in just a couple drops of water to represent uh, his humanity. Um, and so then, what we are praying, and what, what and what we is that 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 Christ came to share in our humanity so that then we could then share in his divinity. Um, and so there's this union of, 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 of water and wine. And, and, and when you pour those drops in, you'll never find them again. You'll never, you'll never extract those drops of water out from the wine. They're mm. just, they become one with it and they've become lost in it. And they've also just taken on the character of the wine. They're, they're now intoxicating. They're not just water anymore. Um, and so it's the same with us that that as we then enter into the divinity of Christ, um, that we are also lost, um, not not in some like Hindu way. Um, we don't lose our personality, but but we just get so we become so one with the divinity, um, and that you could never then just extract us from that. We're just so um, indivisibly united to God in that way, that there's nothing that could dissolve that bond, if you will. Mm. And then that water and that water become wine in yes. a sense, right? Yeah. And that wine becomes, becomes the blood. The blood. Mm-hmm. Um, the body, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I, I wonder too, because I think there can be, you know, especially during COVID, there was a, a lot of churches maybe that weren't distributing under right. both species. Yeah. But, you know, traditionally, uh, it would just be that the, the priest would consecrate the, 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 um, <clears throat> the bread and the wine and mm-hmm. they would become the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus, yeah. but then would only distribute under one species yep. being, being the, the bread become the body, blood, soul yeah. and divinity of Jesus. Yeah. But it is, even just in the, in the bread, it is the body, blood, soul and divinity of Jesus. So the blood is present there yes. as well. Yes. So I'm wondering just, you know, I think because some people might feel like if they don't receive the precious blood or, right. or why, why did we receive the precious blood or yeah. just anything on that? Yeah, I'm not um, like a full-blown liturgical scholar. Um, and so I don't know. I, I do know that like in, in the Latin church, in the Western church, in the Roman church, which we are, that, that distribution would have been only under one species um, which was the sacred host. And, and what we believe about the sacred host and, and the sacred chalice is that in both species, that the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ are present. Mm-hmm. That, that you can't separate the two. You can't separate the body from the blood, that they're all there in one. So if you receive the host, you're receiving the blood. And if you receive the blood, you're also receiving the body. Um, and so, so there's a fullness to that symbolism of having both, of having uh, the sacred host and, and the precious chalice. And, and, you, and you really, really see this in, in Eastern rites, uh, in Byzantine or, or those where, where they'll actually co-mingle the bread and mm. the, 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 the sacred host with the, the precious chalice where they'll have the sacred host in the chalice and they'll actually scoop out with a, with a spoon uh, some of the host for the people 
and then you go up to receive it and you put a little cloth to your throat and you just open your mouth and the priest just drops in uh, with a little spoon, just a little bit, um, what would be then um, both bread and wine, uh, body and blood. Uh, so there, there's that symbolism that, that has the fullness of the expression to it uh, in the Eastern churches, which I think is really, really beautiful. Um, yeah. But in, in the Latin church, for, for whatever the historical development was, I'm not entirely sure. That's just not how things developed. And so the priest, um, because like we've just spent two podcasts now talking about how amazing and powerful and precious the blood of Christ is. Mm. Uh, and so that, that this is not something just to be handled uh, just normally, that, that great reverence and great care and great devotion should be in place when you are handling the sacred host or the or the chalice. Uh, and so they just didn't distribute to the chalice to the the, the faithful uh, because a because it's not strictly necessary uh, um, and 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 because you are receiving body blood soul and divinity by receiving the host. And because we don't, because because we don't do it like the East does it, where the the, the bread is commingled with the wine, to distribute to the chalice to that many people, um, is, is in, it was not really feasible, uh, and so it's a lot of wine. It's a lot of wine, and it's also a lot of work because yeah. because traditionally the priest was the only one who was allowed to uh, administer and to touch the sacred vessels. Uh, if you listen to our our podcast with Father John of the Cross, he talks about how his when he was ordained a priest and uh, any priest is ordained that that your hands are consecrated, that your hands then become sacramental, uh, and that you become configured to Christ in a new way, and so uh, you are then set aside to handle these very sacred things, um, and it's a very powerful symbol that's communicated. And so the priest's hands were the only ones who actually touched the host for thousands of years, for the for, for hundreds of years. Mm. Um, and it's not so very recently that we now distribute communion on the hand, and yeah. um, and that um, priest's hands could touch it because they had been consecrated and sacramentalized. But but everyone else just received straight on the tongue, east and west. Um, and so for the priest to then distribute. Uh, commune to everyone and then turn around to the chalice everyone um i don't i don't want to reduce it to its functionality but but there's a way in which that that uh that just and and, and before covid i mean we would see chalices spill you know yeah. what i mean and it's it's a really horrifying thing yeah. um it's 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 a heart-wrenching thing to see just the blood of christ just spilled oh, on, the on the floor yeah um and and if you think about just how heart-wrenching that scene is in the Passion of the Christ after his uh, his scourging and Our Lady's there just sopping it up with these uh, and, and, and just how that breaks your heart. Uh, and so out of great reverence and devotion and, and love and respect for the blood of Jesus, the, the Latin churches does not distribute under both species because they don't commingle it. Hmm. Um, and so... And so now, I mean, and since the 60s and 70s now, that the, the, these things have been opened up to, to, to lay people to distribute. Um, 
And for better or worse, I'm not going to really get into the merits of that. Um, but, but it is uh, a tremendously dignified uh, responsibility to handle uh, the sacred species, uh, the, the host and the chalice. And so that was just reserved to the priest to do that. Um, and, and there was great wisdom in that. Yeah. Um, and so we'll just, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Well, it's, it's, I think about, I mean, even as you're saying that, um, that that's not, it's not kind of like a new thing. Like mm-hmm. even, even, you know, when the Lord in the old Testament designated, you know, the Levites to do certain things yeah, yeah. or the high priest to do certain things or to be able to touch certain yeah. things. And even like when they were moving the Ark of the Covenant and one of the the ones who was helping to, to carry the Ark, yeah. I think his name is Uzzah, right? Yeah. And he reaches out to stable the Ark of the Covenant because it's about to fall, but he's not supposed to touch it. Yeah. And he does. And he ends up getting struck yeah. down dead. Yeah. Right? Um, and, you know, thanks be to God. I, I don't think that the Lord is, uh, d- does does that too much anymore. But I think it does communicate to us that yeah. there are certain people that the Lord designates to, to handle yeah. sacred things. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to help us to understand that certain things are sacred. Yes. And certain things are not mundane and certain yes. things are not to be handled by yeah. everyone. So I think that there's something really to that. So there's great wisdom in that symbolism. Yeah. You know I mean, it's just to track the positive of that. And and there were times when the precious blood would have been distributed to yeah. people. I think um, Corpus Christi would have been one. I think on people's wedding days, like the, the couple would have received the chalice. And so we do it for people's first communion. We do it for adults. first communions and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so you would have had times throughout your life and throughout the year where you would have received from the chalice in the Latin church. Um, and I'm all for, I mean, I I mean, like, I think it's really cool what the East does and how they, they mix it. And the, and it's, there's, there's a, there's, there's a really strong fullness of that symbol, you know Mm. what I mean? Where it's, it's in there together. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really cool and really neat, but the Latin church has its own symbolism and own beauty as well, for sure. And from what I remember from my my sacraments class, this is a very long time ago, but <laughs> um, that even the the consecration of the bread and the wine separately is that you kind of have this this symbol of like the immolation or like the like the, again if the if the blood is the life, yeah, it's like that the blood is kind of separated symbolically, yeah, uh, from the from the from mm-hmm. the body, you know that that you have the yeah. blood here and the body here, even yeah. though again that both of them are the body, blood, soul, and divinity yeah. of Christ. So it's kind of like there's something to it that's kind of like pointing to the, the yeah. sacrificial element, and <clears throat> and it is to say too that there is a commingling in in our mass and in, 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 in Roman masses in the Latin mass that that the priest does fracture a piece from the sacred hose mm. and commingles it into the chalice that he consumes from yeah uh, so there is we do have that uh, and so I think that that's always been a part of it that that the one chalice had both in it um, but that this this it's it's a really really new thing to have all these chalices being consecrated mm. um, and all these people distributing the chalice is is a complete novelty for sure. Yeah. Um, so we have the the precious blood of Jesus. He gives it to us. Amen. In the Holy Mass. Yeah. And uh, and I think that and we um, receive it in the host. And we receive, we receive it, in, it the in the host. host. That yeah. that we receive our Lord's most precious blood in the host. 
And if you go to adoration, that you're adoring it. Mm-hmm. You're adoring it there in the in the in the sacred host, along with his heart and his his whole being. Right, the devotions are all there because the whole Christ is there. Brother, can I can I put you on the spot right now? Oh goodness, because um, you've mentioned a couple times, and I I don't want to um, uh, maybe, but I, I you've mentioned a couple times that you pray the precious blood over you every mm-hmm. morning, and so for maybe our our listeners who want to increase their devotion and maybe just even you know just begin to pray more would you be comfortable sharing how you pray in the morning with the precious blood our lady's mantle and Joseph's cloak and yeah um, and just maybe sharing that prayer so um we can all experience that level of protection devotion sure yeah um so typically <clears throat> I mean, I have to. Sometimes you do these things, you don't even think about it, you know. Um, but typically in the morning or anytime I'll, I'll go into a time of prayer, um, I will. I'll give the. I'll give my time of prayer totally to Our Lady, mm-hmm. um, and then I'll ask her to to wrap me in her mantle, and then I'll ask Saint Joseph to wrap me in his cloak, and then I'll just plead the blood of Jesus over the time of prayer, uh, whatever space I'm in uh, around the grounds. Um, even like at night, if, before I go to sleep, sometimes I'll pre- plead the blood of Jesus, you know, over all my walls, over my bed, you know, um, before I drive. Um, and just ask for the Lord's protection through that, through through his precious blood. Um, and I would really recommend, you know, this is something that you can pray over your family members. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, especially, you know, those of you who are, the head of your homes, the head of your household, you know, remember that if you are a father, that you have authority over your home, that you Mm -hmm. have authority over your family. So if you are a father listening to this and you don't already doing it, you don't already do it, you know, to plead the blood of Jesus over your home and over your spouse and over your children is, is very powerful. Yeah. Uh, because as head of your home, you're, you're acting in a sense as priest over your home, you know, Mm -hmm. in, in the, in the sense of, um, you've been given that authority from the Lord to offer prayers on behalf of those who have been entrusted to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, obviously if you, if you are uh, a single mother or you're, you're not married that you have the authority to, to plead the precious blood over your, over your home, over your living space, over yeah. your loved ones. Yeah. I would freely recommend that. Would you just, um, just give us an example of like, say you're getting ready for bed right now, or you're like under your, you're, you're tucked in and like how you would just say that prayer. I'm getting ready for bed. Yeah. Okay. So it'd probably be something like, Oh Lord, what a crazy day that was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, typically I would just say, um, you know, something, usually probably say like a Hail Mary and then I'd say in the name of Jesus, I, pre- I plead the blood of Jesus over my, over this room, over, um, over the friary. Usually I'll pray over the friary. Mm-hmm. Um, if I feel led sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll plead over the, over the, over our brothers, you know, over a specific brother or, um, and I, and I ask, you know, for your projection, Lord. So just something like that, you know, okay. plead the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Sometimes I'll even just say, Lord, if you can cover me in your precious blood. Yeah. Usually Beautiful. something like that. Praise God. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, does that count as a question? Uh, it, I mean, sure. Yeah. I love it when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> that might've been our most like, sincere, vulnerable, <laughs> honest. Not like, what kind of vegetable are you? <laughs> I still get slack for that one. Well, it was, it was, a, it was a slacking question. Well, I don't sure. know what to say. It was all that was in my, my mind uh, at that time. That's hilarious. But 
Well, the precious blood of Jesus. Amen. Uh, we, we thank you, Jesus, for your most precious Amen. blood. And um, there is, you know, there, there are many devotionals out there, but for those of you who are interested, maybe it's something you try and it sticks, or maybe it's something that's right. for a season, maybe it's something that you do once, but there is a devotion to mm-hmm. the precious blood called the, is it a, a chaplet? There's a chaplet, yeah. I, I, I mean, not. I've it. never done it. Uh, I know, just know our it's devotion out there. to the precious blood is a little more uh, just integrated, like like things you're talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but there is a chaplet to mm-hmm. the precious blood of Jesus if you're interested yeah. in looking that up. Yeah. Um, and you never know. Sometimes the Lord will get Yeah. And I guess maybe it's important things. to say that, like, if you don't, like, have a devotion to the precious blood, it doesn't make you, like, impious oh, no. or a bad no. Catholic. You know what I mean? Like, it's not. Um, we have if a, you were to have a devotion to all the things you can have devotion to, you would. Yeah, it would just like so. There, there are. <laughs> what I always say to about like Catholic devotional life is, um, you don't have to go like shopping for them. Yeah. Um, that they will just find you, mm-hmm. and they will pick you. Yeah. Um, and so like, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, something will just resonate, and that's that's what that's what we're going for. Amen. So. Well, would you mind closing us in a prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, uh, we just ask right now that you would pour forth your precious blood upon all those who are listening to this podcast, wherever they might be, uh, that you would just wash over them and their surroundings and all of their loved ones um, to protect them, Lord, that they might experience uh, the fullness of your love, the fullness of your mercy, uh, and they might be covered in your love, and that uh, it might cry out uh, for mercy upon them, Lord. Lord, just have great mercy and gentleness and tenderness and compassion on all of them. And may the blessing of Almighty God come upon you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.